and we are back. Before I start the episode, I just wanted to say that I have picked the winner for my iTunes review contest. Thank you again to every single person who entered. To find out if you are the winner, stay tuned to the end, to the very end where I make the announcement. As always, this contest would not have been possible without the amazing people over at Fracture, a company that takes your photos, prints them onto glass, so you can hang them up in your house and in your room. They are beautiful. I've been a customer. I love them. And they've been very generous to Tea Time with Tay listeners. All that being said, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Tay, a podcast series where I sit down like I have a choice, brew some tea, and then spill it. Let's go. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming back for another episode of Tea Time with Tay, and I'm so glad you weren't on board of me yet. Today, I, when I tell you that I'm stoked, I am so stoked for my guest today. I'm sitting down with two-time world championship finalist and Pan Am bronze medalist, the smiliest, happiest, one of the bubbliest people I know, Miss Kamika Bingham. Kamika, say hey. Hi. Oh my gosh, Taylor's here making me blush. (laughs) Oh no, girl, girl. I honestly have been so excited about this because I've had an idea for a while to sit down with you, but I know you're busy and I've been like a little busy and you're just out there being Canada's fastest woman and all and taking over the storm. But I'm so glad that you've taken the time to sit down with me. No, I'm so happy to be here, honestly. Um, Kamika and I, of course, horse are drinking david's tea shout out to david's tea what are you drinking do you remember i'm drinking the peppermint amour i think peppermint amour yeah it's one of my faves and we do a rating here at a five teacup so out of five teacups how many would you give it five you give it five out of five Yeah, yeah i love peppermint tea like i love it and david's tea is so rich and natural and fresh love it that's good and i am drinking what am i drinking north african mint i mean no no am i wait (laughs) hold on what was the other one cold zing cold zing yes am i drinking cold zing yeah you're drinking oh my gosh i don't even know what i'm drinking well cold zing is good i don't have a cold but i oh there goes some background (laughs) motorcycles i don't drink this when I have a cold, which I probably should, but I know that it has like a lot of great stuff like oranges and a little bit of mint, and um, I love it too. Not as much as peppermint more, but I'll give it a let's give it a th- four out of five teacups. Okay, not bad, not bad for cold zing. So, for people who are not aware of who my special guest is, Kamika is a Canadian sprinter, she has completely taken the sport by storm but before you were a sprinter the reason why we know each other is because we have some history we go a little bit way back right a little bit yeah like 2008 eight years ago eight years ago okay let's go back so before you were a sprinter Mm -hmm. you were a gymnast when did you start training 
Like when I did you start? Like yeah. Nine. I think I was like in two thousand and four or two thousand like three. That's when you started training. Yeah, I started late. Really? Yeah. Most gymnasts start like two, three, like babies. Yeah, I thought I started late. Like I started when I was five years old. Like oh. everyone else I know, like. As soon as I could walk, my mom was putting me, <laughs> went, put me into the sport, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, my mom, my mom waited a little while, and she was like, well, you're gonna go do piano and ballet and skating and try everything first, and then mm. we'll get around to it. So you started when you were nine. Yeah, I honestly like how I found it. I was like in a mall, and then um, my uh-huh. gym was doing like a advertising thing, so they had like a little floor, and then. Gymnasts were like doing something with the trampoline and little flips and stuff. And then I went home and I was like, Mom, I want to do gymnastics. And I'm like eight, nine. <laughs> See, that's good. You like had the, you had like the, you're old enough to be like, this is my choice. Yeah. My mom was kind of just like, this girl is completely out of control. She needs to be into something constructive. Let's throw her into the sport. But yeah. um, yeah, so you started when you're nine. What mm-hmm. gym club were you at? All star gymnastics. Oh, true. Yeah. And you stayed there the whole time, eh? Yeah, never left. That was me too. I stayed with Seneca the entire time. So when did you start competing for competitively? Um, literally, I started competing maybe like the next year. I was that crazy kid. That, You're a fast learner. Yeah. Well, my dad taught me like back handsprings on like his bed. And he like would wrap a belt and like so I didn't no. land on my head. And he would like hold the extra so I didn't land on my head. And he taught me about handspring. So I'm like in a wreck. And then my dad was like, go show her, you know, your back handspring. And then I just threw it. So <laughs> and then your they were dad like, was like your second coach. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, we need to like move this kid up. So they put me into like pre-comp and then, yeah. you know, eventually mm-hmm. provincial move up. And eventually you, we started competing against each other, mm-hmm. I guess, when we started going national, right? Yeah. And so, oh my gosh. That seems, you know, it's so funny. It seems like such a long time ago, but I remember yes. us just like traveling with Ontario and going to different competitions. I remember everyone like still on the team. Like Shauna yeah, right. and everybody. Shauna, yes. <laughs> oh my God, Amanda. Do you remember her? Yeah. Those them two, they were funny together. Those two were hilarious. Oh my gosh. If you guys are listening to this, we love you so much. We had the best times, like, just traveling across Canada and staying in the dorms and just getting into all types of trouble. Singing songs. Singing songs, dancing, doing interpretive dancing. That was Taylor's thing. I mean, I was pretty good at it. No, I I sucked. (laughs) I think it was during the time when So You Think You Can Dance was super popular. Mm. So I just felt like I could just branch off, you know, and become something more. I remember the dares. The dares. The dares oh, that we did. We dared each other to do everything. Like, Do you remember? I had to... One of the dares that I got was to dress up like one of the guys on the men's team. <laughs> we literally... You had tons yes. of man on your chest. <laughs> all, of our, all of us were so mashed up from being injured all the time. So we had those tensor bands. I wrapped it around my boobs so I wouldn't like look like a girl anymore. We pinned back my hair. I put on his clothing, and I went to the team lunch like that. Yeah, you did. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. I've been embarrassing since, like, time. Oh, my gosh. But it's you. It's you. And the thing about us, I don't know if you remember, but sometimes people would, like, say that we, like, we're sisters, and we think we look so alike, maybe because... Because we're black. I mean, it was because... (laughs) 
you said it, I didn't, but <laughs> it was because we were black, but um, actually in a video that's on YouTube that shows um, like a montage of my, my oh, gym. They put- they, do you see Yeah, it, right? I've seen it. They put okay. my so, Yeah, so I'm watching this video. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. If you just type in my full name, Taylor Lindsay Noel, it'll pop up. And it's like a 10-minute montage of all of my gym videos. And in the middle of it, I remember when the person made it, I was so excited. And I was watching it. And then all of a sudden, this girl runs for a vault. And I'm like, that's not me. And because Kamika, I guess, is black and one of the only other black girls at the level that we are competing at, they put your video in instead. And I'm like, well... I yeah, mean, I've never seen that. That's I mean, funny. Yeah. But anyways, so our gym glory days, mine ended differently, but yours also came to an end. Why did you stop? Honestly, I kind of lost a little bit of passion mm-hmm. for it. Um... I started to turn, like, I wanted to do something else. When you do something for, like, six, how many years, um, you know, I really wanted to kind of explore what else I could do. And then also, like, financially, it was hard on my parents. Um, It's an extremely, extremely expensive sport. Yeah, you have to pay for everything. Everything. Travel. Travel. You make a team. You have to pay. I know. That's what my mom would say. Every time I, like, progress further in the sport, she's like, oh, God. I could see her, like, slowly be like, ooh. And I'm like, oh, Lord, just let her just stay stationed at one spot. You sure you want to continue? You, you sure you want to go to Belgium? Like, Belgium for, like, three weeks? And I'm like, yes, I want to do this. And, um, but, yeah, so financially, of course. Yeah. Um, was really hard you know my sister and my brother just um, enrolled at U of T for school so my parents were paying for both of their tuitions and then trying to manage like my gym fees so I didn't even know but like when on Sunday nights like my parents actually went to try and reduce my fee a little bit and they would actually like clean the gym so I didn't even know they were doing so much little sacrifices really yeah to try and keep me in but then there came a point where it was just too much and you know like my parents came to me and was like listen we can't really keep you in the sport and you know I thought I was gonna be like "Ah," but I was like you're like okay that's okay (laughs) so you just like didn't necessarily see yourself like going like a lot of girls um who continue on, like, try to get scholarships, like, that wasn't necessarily, I remember when I was training, I, like, I saw so many girls from my gym go and get scholarship, and I was like, I know my mom would financially be very happy if I was able to get a four-year scholarship to, like, a U.S. university, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's kind of, like, a motivation that kept me in the sport, because I, too, like, when I was maybe 11 or 12, lost the passion. It just yeah. be, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. It is. It's time commitment. Sometimes you love the sport. Sometimes you hate, you hate the, the sport. sport. You know. Yeah. Um, but I did kind of wanted to do, like, a scholarship. But I didn't. Like, I always, like, I'm always like, oh, you're going to go to the Olympics. You're going to go to the Olympics. And, you know, I had that dream in mm-hmm. my mind. But I don't think it was as strong as it is now. Um, and you know, I obviously wanted to go to like maybe a school in the States, but you know, then I thought about, I was like, but then I would have to like continue for like, oh, could I see myself doing it for that long? What if I don't want to do it? Then they're going to send me home. Um, and then you're committed, right? yeah, Yeah. But you know, then, you know, once they told me that, you know, they couldn't keep me in really, I was like, I knew I was like, okay, well. I want to do track. <laughs> so you 
So track. So you was that always something that was kind of like a plan B for you, like some, another sport that because obviously your Kamika was an extremely talented gymnast, but I think like you and I, we both really shined on the powerful mm-hmm. events like floor and vault, right? Yeah, I hated bars and beam. Dude. Right? I can't believe I just said dude, but I just said dude. (laughs) I... Bounce on, bounce right off. Beam? Bars. Bars. (laughs) Bars. (laughs) What I... Bars. (laughs) Woof. Even beyond, even beyond my injury. Just bars was... I just don't think our body types, like it just didn't... One plus one equaled like eight when I tried bars. No, exactly. Like never... Beam... I think the first time I've ever stuck a beam routine <laughs> was actually when we were competing at that Ontario Championships for Nationals. The that first, was the first time. 2008 <laughs> was the first time. If you stick a beam routine, honestly, it and what we mean, because I, I, I do recognize that a lot of people who listen to this aren't gymnasts, so what we mean by stick a beam routine, it means that we didn't fall off the exactly. beam. And you see, that's the thing when I would always watch the Olympics and watch girls, and they would just stick their routine. Like, how? I know. Like, literally, how? I their just, bars look flawless, and I'm like, flawless. I'm there, like, bending my arms, and I have to, like, kick up, and I'm like, aren't you tired? I my, keep cast, my hand. Keep casting a handstand. Done. <laughs> so, Kamika and I were extremely, we, we definitely shined on the powerful events floor and vault. So, I guess that was a... Uh, easy transition maybe more so for you mm-hmm. to track so when did you when did you start track seriously I started literally when I was done gymnastics I was done June of 2009 and then I signed okay. up for track September okay. of 2009 yeah. and did you start with like your just like your school or I started with the track club so actually one of my old teammates she was like level eight um, her name was Simone, and she actually left the sport, and then she went to track. And I still kept contact with her, mm-hmm. and she would tell me about all the cool places that she traveled to and this and that. Mm-hmm. So she gave me all the insight of the club that she trained with. So uh, when I did transition out of gymnastics, I knew exactly, you know, all the information of which club I was going to sign up with. And um, so they actually just have, like, a full, like, outdoor season and indoor season, and then um, also with outdoor season came, like, high school track where... That came later, but it wasn't a major thing. It was all about, like, club track. Okay. Okay, cool. And so when did you realize that, obviously you were fast, but when did you realize that, like, hey, I'm actually really good at this? Because I think everyone has that moment in your career where you're like, this is something that's kind of fun and keeping me in shape and whatever, but then you realize, wait, no, like, I actually have potential to be Canada's fastest woman when was that for you like it was it a specific competition or yeah definitely um it's ironic that I said that OFSA like high school track was kind of not really that important Mm -hmm. but for me um that was actually like an eye-opener because it was like my first year and I was competing in the 100 and 200 for OFSA and everyone was like oh do you think you're gonna win like do you think like no Mm -hmm. one's ever come like their first year and won and I actually did win both events, and everyone, like, kind of... In your first one? In yeah, my first... very first oh, okay. OFSA. And, you know, because everyone talked about how, like, tough the competition is, and, you know, it's all of Ontario, basically. So, um, 
I think winning that was a big confidence booster. Yeah, And it was like, you know, I overcame all this and, you know, definitely proved myself that I could do something that a lot of people couldn't do, so. And then from competing against people in Ontario, you obviously started competing. Was it, is it kind of like a, the national team process, like, gyms you were, like, assigned to, like, how does that work? Like, getting onto the national team. Do they have, like, a national team kind of selection process like we did for gym yeah they do um they have it for a different age group so when I first started I was considered a youth true um mm-hmm. and so there's like youth junior and then there's senior so um I was actually a part of team Canada from when I was a youth and how they do it is usually based on either performance um at like a nationals yeah. where they select the team or based on ranking so they'll just say the top two ranked by this deadline, we'll make this team. And then you travel to France or wherever, and you have like a world youth championships where you compete against, you know, all the athletes around the world that are around your age group, so. Yeah. And in 2013, I think that was like a really cool year for you, you competed at the Pan American Championships Junior. Mm -hmm. And you actually ended up, you were running relay, right? Mm -hmm. And you came kind of silver at Pan Am's like in 2013 yeah 2013 was a a busy year for me um because I was a junior I was doing you know junior meets and just like you know Pan Am juniors but then that was also the year where I was selected for the senior uh women's four by one relay which was actually at the world championship so Mm -hmm. I was flying all over the place I didn't know what time was what what day was what were you and we you went 2013, would you have been done high school? I know you're a year younger than me. Yeah. To your 21. Yeah, I graduated in 2012. So yeah, I was in uh, first year of U. I was at U of T at that time. Okay, yeah. University of Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Balancing all that and traveling. <laughs> and then from there, you ended up in 2015, I believe, the Pan American Games was... I remember... Like, I was, I don't know where I was. I think I might have been in L.A. at the time. But I was very up to date on what was happening. It was our first time in my lifetime. I don't, maybe ever, I think the Pan American Games were in Toronto, in our home city. And so it was a huge deal to have, obviously, all of these athletes competing and showing off our city. But I remember hearing and and eventually watching, I was late. I, I found out the result before I actually saw it. But you, can you tell me, you tell me about that experience. Honestly, I've never that been so excited, so nervous mm-hmm. in all of my life. You know, it was nice because as an athlete, when you travel here and there, and they're like, oh, it's so great. Like, you travel to Barcelona and here and there, and you see all over but it was honestly so great because my parents have actually never gotten the opportunity to travel to see me in- compete internationally. Um, everywhere that I've gone, it's been like Beijing. So like my parents aren't able to come and like actually watch me physically run on those big stages. Yeah. So it was so nice that like I had friends, family, and the crowd. and Everyone could be there for you. Yeah, it was nice. Like you have the home crowd. Like it didn't matter if I finished dead last or not. The crowd still loved me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're like, we did it. Yeah, literally. So even though we won a bronze, like I felt like we won like Olympic gold just because the whole crowd was just cheering for us. They didn't care about the U.S. team or the Jamaican team. Um, 
But it was also nerve-wracking because it was like, you know, they are looking to us to perform really well because, like, you know, they're cheering for us. So it was like, don't mess up. <laughs> and it became like a media, like, whirlwind, like, interviews and just everyone. I think it really, I think the Pan American Games for many sports, and especially in track and field, obviously, it created such a spotlight and just highlighted you guys so well. And I... I'm just was like so happy for yeah, you. It was I was awesome. like, I know that girl. And I was like, she <laughs> just from being in like little dorms with her and now she's just like this amazing track star. And from so after you win Pan American bronze with the four by you were the anchor, right? Mm-hmm. So you do the last one to run across that line. Yeah. That a lot was of, crazy. A lot of glory, a lot of spotlight. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. I always see the, like, the hand it. up of the baton, and I'm like, I would be that person to drop it. Like, I just, I know it. And then you, if you drop it, right, you're just done. You're done. Pretty much. Because yeah. you can't, like, you go back, like, oh, let me just pick that up, up and, and keep yeah. running. You're already disqualified. <laughs> Actually, no. No, um, do, do you get disqualified if that happens? I think if it, like, goes into someone else's lane or impedes somebody else, but... Yeah. Or if you're out of the zone, I don't know. But let's just cross my fingers. I, I never dropped the baton. No, no. You're knock, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I don't even know where wood is. I got one here. Um, And was that when you qualified? Was that like a qualifier for you for? Uh, no, Pan Am's. No, Pan Am's didn't qualify us for anything. It was just. I mean, it should have. It really should have. <laughs> um, but no, it was just a really a good preparation games for worlds that year okay. and then it was good leading up just even for now for Rio, you know because people don't really care about track before and so like after pan ams and people started really caring and you know started putting more support in so so from gymnastics to track and now you're officially you're gonna be representing canada in rio which first off brazil like amazing such a good if that's your first olympics like that's pretty good it's beautiful honestly i can't wait are Um, you so excited i'm 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 really excited you know i'm excited to one be in brazil i've never been there before Mm -hmm. um but two it's just like i've this would be my first Olympics, so it would be, like, a huge, huge deal for me, my friends, and family. And then, like, also to, like, see where I am, like, in the entire world. Stacked up against yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, uh, Do you get nervous? Do you get nervous? Like, I remember in gym before I would, I literally want to hyperventilate and die before a competition. Do you still get that kind of, like, nervousness? Um, I get that nervousness days before. Oh, I just finished my tea. That was aggressively loud. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get I get nervous like days before, um, but while I'm warming up, you know, I kind of have that like excitement where I'm like, I can't wait to get on the track and you know, um, like run my best and see how I do. But the honestly, the most nerve wracking part is called the call room, and that's where mm-hmm. they call you half an hour before your race, so they have to get everybody. So within your race, the eight girls. Um, they call you and you literally just sit in a room, can't do anything. Um, you can't have your phone, you can't have music, you can't have like anything except for like what you need to just run. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you're just there trapped in a room and some girls are like trying to be intimidating. They're like, ah, and they're like slapping their legs and, you know, trying to, you know, get ready. And I'm just there like, 
Okay, she's like, like, like I'm just, I'm just gonna sit here. Yeah, I'm gonna pretend like none of y'all are in here with me. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, okay, like, you're a little aggressive. You want to win, okay? But I'm not gonna let you. Uh, but like, yeah, like I'm really calm, and some of them are really like, ah, they try and like do everything to get themselves ready. Mm-hmm. But you're literally just trapped in a room. And you have to like sit there for like half an hour and then eventually they call you out and then you go out into the stadium and then set your blocks and get ready. So that part is the most nerve wracking part because then you actually like waiting. look your competitors and you see them and you know, you're like, oh gosh, I, I heard she ran a fast time or, you know, you try and look at them and be like, I think I can beat her. And then she like comes and beats you or something, you know, so <laughs> it's like a whole mind game in there. See, I would want, I'm, I'm imagining, I would want to have that time to like zone out you know and just have my music or is there like any kind of music you listen to like specifically before you go on or do you have like any pre-run rituals before you go out um I have to go to the bathroom that is <laughs> that is my pre-run that ritual. is the most honest answer so I, I need to um to urinate people um I will be back yeah Definitely. Like, I I feel like if I don't, I fear that I'll be, like, at the line and I have to, like, go to the, the bathroom, bathroom. And then I'm, like, two pounds heavy because I have so much, like, <laughs> like, bladder urine inside of me. So every time, like, I have to go to the bathroom. Otherwise, I'll be, like, having an anxiety. <laughs> I'm just picturing you, like, like oh, God. I'm, I'm like, where's weird. the bathroom? <laughs> Talking to the officials. And so when you compete in Rio, are you going to be competing in all three? Uh, no. So for the relay? Definitely the relay. Okay. Um, because we've already have a guaranteed spot for that. Amazing. Um, but just the 100 this year is my focus. The 200, I've kind of left that behind because I had a little bit of an, a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so True injuries. Just to avoid the turn. Mm-hmm. With my left knee, my coach and I decided we're just going to kind of lead the two. And I'm happy because I don't really like the two. (laughs) If anybody knows me, they know I hate that 200. It's just too long to be running really fast. Really fast. Yeah. You get tired and I hate anything that gets me tired. And going into it, are... Do you have any people that, like, you're excited to see, like, either run or inspirations that have helped you out? Because I know people, obviously, when they think about track, they think of men, so they think Usain Bolt, the Jamaican Mm -hmm. team. Um, I should know some more female runners, but they're (laughs) completely skipping my mind. But who are your personal inspirations for the sport, if any? They don't have to be famous, either. Yeah, um, I think this is kind of cheesy, but I guess, like, I have two really big inspirations. So one is, like, actually my coach, and so his name is Charles Allen, and he's a two-time Olympian. He went to the Sydney Olympics and then also in Athens in 2004, and he was, he did the high hurdle, so the 110-meter hurdles, and he actually self-coached himself. So he really? didn't have a coach. Yeah, he coached himself. I don't know how he did that. We all say he's crazy. Um, <laughs> he coached himself all the way to an Olympic final. And honestly, like, when I think about that, I'm like, I couldn't even imagine, like, so having the discipline and all yeah. of that to do what you have to do to get there. Um, so I think about that, and I'm like, he doesn't get half of the credit that he does. So he's one of my inspirations. And then also is one of my teammates, Dondre Barnaby, who actually passed away. Um, 
No. Yeah, so we were in a training camp in St. Kitts, and everything was, like, good. Like, he was kind of, like, my big brother. Mm -hmm. Um, We always tease each other. That was just, like, how we communicated. And um, we were, like, in the beach, and then um, I thought he could swim, but he was a little bit out further than us. And then he was just kind of floating, and then the waves, I guess, kind of pushed him back and further, and then he eventually drowned. And... And you were there. mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was honestly like the scariest thing. The whole time I was like, is this really happening? And um, my dad, every time I go to St. Kitts, my dad always said like, be careful of the ocean. Do not go far on the ocean. Yeah. Be careful of the ocean because, you know, once something, yeah the, yeah, the current takes you, like you can't do anything about it. And literally like that came in my head when I was like happening. I'm like, is this really happening? Like this doesn't happen. Like no one gets mm. swept away on a beach like that doesn't happen so um it was really scary it was really hard in the beginning but we definitely tried to stay positive and I learned a lot you know just in terms of appreciating the gift of life mm-hmm. you know my faith all of that stuff has definitely gone incredibly up since um losing Dondre when what year was that in that was last year so March last year oh my yeah, god March 27 2015 I'm so sorry for your loss, but I'm sure that he is looking over you and probably is like a little guardian angel for you. And yeah, I'm sure definitely. like so many of us, like myself and obviously your family and Canada, um, we're extremely proud of everything you've been able to accomplish. And I'm sure he'll be sprinting right beside you, <laughs> right there, and be like, girl, look, I'm going faster than you. Get over here. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. That's- he was um, a really strong 400-meter runner, so he was always known for, like, a strong finish. So um, anytime, like, just in life or track, like, a, we always have this little motto of, like, finish like Barnaby. So oh, that's definitely, awesome. you know, every race I try to be like, okay, finish like Barnaby, finish strong, finish fast, you know, just do as he did. So, and even in life, you know, just try and finish the mm. same way he did. So, mm. wow. It's incredible. Wow. And so we have Rio and you're 21. Do you see yourself doing, what's the, like the lifespan of track athlete? Do you see yourself doing a 20, what, where are we in? A 2020? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't know why he's like, that was, like <laughs> I had to do a whole math four, in there. Yeah. 20, 16 plus four. Uh, like a 2020, a 20. Yeah, definitely. Um, our, for sprinters, especially female sprinters, our peak so it's so different from gymnastics. Like gymnastics, your peak is 16 to 19. Like you have that <laughs> 15 to whatever. And then you're like, I'm retired. And then you're done. <laughs> I'm retired. I've retired from the sport. I'm, at, I'm 17. <laughs> and you're retiring. Um, but for us sprinters, our peak is actually a lot later in our late 20s. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even like at my peak yet. Um, so around like 26 to 29 is around your peak. So we'll be definitely you for, 2020. Yeah. If I... Uh, if I find motivation to want to keep running, maybe 2024, but uh, 2020 definitely. <laughs> so, so we'll be seeing you on the uh, on the court. That's wrong on the track yeah. for many years to come. And I know that you were the a huge, huge part of the HBC kit launch. Um, the actual outfits uh, that. 
the athletes wear in Rio, which just recently announced here in Canada. And Kamika was with her smile and her like, oh, look at me, look, was one of the top models and campaign and part of the campaign. What was that uh, fashion show? Like, I remember watching it. I'm like, girl, you better work. Honestly, firstly, I've never been a model, so that was, like, my debut. You wouldn't know it. Like, based on, like, I, I saw the magazine. I'll put, um, I'll make sure to put some photos and clippings from that on my website and blog, taylorlnwrites.com, so you guys can see how beautiful this girl is and how amazing you looked in the outfits. But what was that like for you? It was cool. Like, so many people were like, oh, my gosh, you're a model, this, that. And honestly, it was around the time where I had my knee injury. So, like, Mm. for about a month and a half, like, I couldn't do anything. So, it was a good distraction. It was – the photos were exhausting. In a long day, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you take one shot and then they have to – look at everything they're like oh the logo oh we gotta you know pin this pin that fix her hair oil her skin this that so (laughs) lather you down anybody who's a model i have the utmost respect for you people think it's just like not under credit no No, people think oh you just pop like no it's exhausting um but it was a good exhausting you know i had so much fun the clothes are fits amazing um and then just to kind of be like the the star you know have my little like shine in the the modeling it was like I got to like live a different life than I really you know track you don't really get to like glam up so much so it was nice to like get glammed and cameras lights all of that stuff and in 10 years from now where do you see where does Miss Kamika Bingham see herself that is a very good question um You know, I've actually, like, really thought about, like, in terms of business and trying to find my way of how I can give back to, like, Canadian sports and stuff. So I've actually thought of, you know, creating some type of uh, multi-sport platform where any athletes of any sort can kind of come for additional anything to work on their weaknesses, you know, to help Mm. them excel in whatever sport they want to do. Or, you know, even, like, a foundation of some sort. Um, I definitely wanted to have, like, a foundation for those who can't afford sports. You know, something that, you know, I almost lost. Yeah, Yeah. you know, anything that would help, you know, kids in terms of who have so much talent that don't get opportunities. Like, I almost didn't have, thank goodness for track. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But definitely, you know, career-wise, somewhere in the communications, you know, somewhere in broadcasting, you know, maybe... Maybe find myself. Hey, you never know. You could be like, uh, what's her name? Perdita. Perdita, Perdita right? <laughs> so Perdita, she was like a huge like uh, runner for Canada. Oh. And now she does a lot of the reporting. So you could still, it's like a way to stay in sport. Yeah. But be able to pursue the communication side. Mm-hmm. I could totally see you doing that. Yeah, maybe one day. We'll see. I mean, CTV. Are you listening? CTV? <laughs> or CBC? CBC. One. Oh, yeah, CBC. <laughs> yeah. CTV. CB- no, definitely CBC. <laughs> if you need to hire a girl, and if you want, rep- I will represent her. I'll bring her to the interview. <laughs> you can hit us up. <laughs> well, Kamika, I am so excited to watch you in Rio, and I know that you are going to kill it. I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time out of your very, very busy training schedule to sit down with me. So if anybody wanted to find 
out more information about you and how to follow you on all that social media stuff, how can we find you? Well, you can visit my website. It's just KamikaBingham.com. Follow me on Instagram, Kamika Bingham. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, you can just reach out to me, you know, my website, there's comments and stuff, so people can just, you know, share comments, ask questions, and do that, and I definitely am really big with responding to people. I don't know, some people, when they get to a certain level, they're like, yeah, I don't need to respond to my fans, or... No, but it's like, those are the people that help to... Exactly. Those so are like, people who are cheering. I never understand that, I'm like, these are the people that are cheering you on. Yeah. Like, they're not doing it to be annoying, like, they're doing it to be like, hey, girl... I think you're awesome. Yeah, I definitely, like, support your supporters because mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm down or I'm not, you know, having the great practice or, you know, my season's not going as well, it's, like, the supporters, that one little girl that's, like, you're my idol. You're the reason why I run. I'm, like, <laughs> I will go back to training tomorrow. I will go back now. You know, they are definitely, like, my motivators. They boost you when I feel, like, at my lowest. So definitely love my supporters. Amazing. And you can also find a blog that I will be putting up for this uh, podcast episode on my website, taylorlnwrites.com. And from there, you can find all the other social media links. Make sure that you can also find this podcast now on iTunes. So hit that subscribe button, leave us some feedback, tell Kamika how amazing she is because she's so fab. Um, I typically end up my podcast with a quote uh, that I write, but I was wondering, is there any kind of quotes or um, things that you say in your head a lot that you want to leave in the end? Something that I say a lot in my head. Um, well, there is this Joel Osteen, um, I guess, quote that I, like, I tend to always say, mm -hmm. and basically like it's like the end of a quote it's a really long quote but basically he says you know like I will become everything that I was created to be so I really like that um it's just a motivation to just be a better version of yourself a better you know whatever you're doing just to do it at your best always and just you know use I'm very like religious now I guess yeah you know, my faith has gone up so just you know finding your purpose through God and everything and doing it to the best you can so you know, just being everything that you were created to be. And with that, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for sticking around for another episode of Tea Time with Tay. And until next time, I love you and stay positive and beautiful. Bye. Bye. As promised, I am here to announce the winner of my iTunes review contest. Drum roll, please. The winner is Haley. Haley, thank you so much for participating and leaving such a kind review in the iTunes store. Look out in your email inbox and I will be telling you how you can retrieve your $100 gift certificate to Fracture, a company that prints your pictures onto glass so you can hang them up and they are beautiful and I love them and I love them for supporting my podcast and for giving Tea Time with Tay listeners, free stuff. If you want to enter and have a chance to win a $100 gift certificate, just like Haley did, all you have to do is head over to the iTunes store, leave a review of my podcast, and listen out for the next winner.
Thank you guys again for listening. I love you. Stay positive. And until next time, bye.